welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. We're going to come round the Word, hallelujah. I tell you what a day this is when the world celebrates Jesus risen, Jesus arising from the dead, hallelujah, that new life is given to us. I'm welcoming Pastor Brian this morning. Amen, let's welcome him, church. And let's get your notes, notebook out. Receive from him this morning this word. Praise the Lord. God is wonderful, isn't he? He's wonderful. Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we just bless you. And thank you that you feed our hearts and feed our spirits, Lord. We thank you. This word is alive and powerful. God, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, penetrating. Lord, every area of our lives, Lord, to make us more like you and walk in all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, verse 12, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is empty and your faith is vain or useless. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses and liars about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised, then again, our faith is empty. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. This shows us how much hangs on the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? How much is invested in the resurrection of Christ? How much that means to us today? And it says here in verse 18, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost and are perished. And and what it's saying here, you know, that without the resurrection of Christ, I mean, your faith is futile. The preaching is empty. You know, everything is absolutely useless. And it's saying even your loved ones have perished. They are beyond reach. They are beyond reach. If only in this life, Paul says, that we have hope in Christ, we are of all people to be most pitied. Verse 20, but Christ, say but Christ, (laughs) has indeed been raised from the dead. Amen? He has indeed been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, Adam, The resurrection from the dead also comes through a man, Christ. For as Adam, in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him. So then the end will come. Say the end will come. (laughs) It's not far away. Hallelujah. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, After he has destroyed all dominion and authority and power. A lot of people don't preach that. He's coming again to destroy all 
dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Let me read it in the Message Bible again and just meditate on this. It says here in the Message Bible, and it's a paraphrase, but it brings out so much. Now let me ask you something profound yet troubling. If you became believers because you trusted the proclamation that Christ is alive, risen from the dead, how can people say that there's no such thing as the resurrection? If there's no resurrection, there's no living Christ. And face it, if there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors, and everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. Think of that. And not only that, but we would be guilty of telling a string of barefaced lies. <laughs> Crazy. About God and all these affidavits we passed on to you, verifying that God raised up Christ, sheer fabrications, if there's no resurrection. If corpses can't be raised, then Christ wasn't, because he was indeed dead. And this is the amazing thing about resurrection. Resurrection raises what is dead. Amen? What has no life, what has no future, what has no hope, resurrection, the power of God, brings that all around, completely reverses everything, and brings life where there was no life. Amen? And if Christ wasn't raised, then all we're doing is wandering in the dark, as lost as ever. Okay? But I'll, I'll um, keep going on here to verse 21. Sorry. Next verse. Even worse, those dying in Christ have no resurrection. Okay? But, hallelujah, we know that Christ has been raised. Amen? Christ has been raised. And this is the most powerful thing. You know, our faith is not futile. Amen? Our faith is not empty. Our faith is not useless. Our faith has not perished. Praise God, because Christ was raised from the dead. And that's the most beautiful thing, because no one is looking for the body of Jesus. Amen? That body has been resurrected. That body has ascended. Hallelujah. And Christ is being preached all over the world, and people are coming to Christ by the millions. Amen? By the millions, the hundreds of thousands, and millions. Glory to God. Absolutely wonderful. So your faith is not futile. Your loved ones are not beyond reach. You're going to have a glorious reunion. Amen? You're going to have an absolutely glorious reunion with those who have fallen asleep in Christ. Amen? And who will be gathered together uh, with him. will all meet the Lord in the air. The scripture says those who have died first in Christ, those who are, whose bodies are still in the grave, will be caught up first in the air to meet the Lord, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him. Amen? And I'll tell you what, though you're separated from loved ones here for a moment, it's, it's going to be like nothing compared to eternity. Amen? It's not even the blink of an eye. Hallelujah. We're going to be seeing them soon. Glory to Jesus. So our faith and your faith is not futile. It's productive. Amen? It's constructive. It's fruitful. It's worthwhile. It's advantageous. It's beneficial. It's valuable. And the scripture calls it in the book of 1 Peter 1, 6, precious, precious. Your faith is precious. Amen? 
I tell you what, and there's nothing your faith can't produce, nothing God won't do for you. And God wants you to not only experience, you know, the resurrection of Christ as a living reality, you know, by revelation on the inside of you. He wants you to experience that same resurrection. Amen. Every single person in Christ Jesus this morning has experienced a resurrection on the inside because the scripture says you were in Christ Jesus when he died. Amen. You were in him when he went to the cross. When he bore your sin, he bore your sin and mine. His life was a substitution for you and for me on that cross, praise God. And when he died and went into the grave, your old man, your old person that you were without Christ died with him. Amen? And God raised you from the dead. Hallelujah. He raised you up on the inside. He caused you to experience a rebirth on the inside. He caused you to be born again. He put his spirit on the inside of you. He took away the stony heart out of your flesh, putting you a heart of flesh, and caused the power of the universe, God's almighty, wonderful, holy spirit, to come on the inside of you and resurrect you. Amen? Put a new heart, a new spirit within you. Praise God in his likeness. Glory to God. You're children of God. Say amen. <laughs> but it brings new life to that song, I am who he says I am. Amen. I am who he says I am. Glory to God. And so he not only wants you to experience resurrection in your life, in, in your, your physical body, in your spirit, praise God. He wants you to experience that resurrection power in every area of your life every area of your life. God's word is full of promises, full of provision. Christ didn't do anything by half measures. Everything he did for you brings to you the fullness of God's blessing, the fullness, all the will of God into your life. Amen. You can grab hold of that this morning. Let's look at John chapter 11, where, the, um, where John is talking about Lazarus and what happened with Martha and Mary. In John 11, verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. This tells you a little something about Mary. Mary was that woman that came up behind Jesus, weeping, weeping, and, and just in, in, in her brokenness and in her repentance of her heart, she was wiping the feet of Jesus with her tears and the hair of her head. And she anointed his feet with fragrant oil. You know, and this happened to be in the, the house of Simon, uh, the, the Pharisee. And you, you could just see here, and, you know, Simon it's, at that time, the Pharisee said, you know, this woman, oh, if, you, if Jesus knew, if he was really a prophet, if he really knew uh, what a woman, you know, if he was a prophet, he'd know what manner of woman this is, that she's a sinner. And, of course, Jesus told that parable about those, Simon, who've been forgiven much, love much. You know, you didn't wash my feet, you gave me no kiss, but she has not ceased to kiss my feet. She wiped my feet, washed my feet with her tears dry them with her hair, put fragrant oil on my feet. You know, so it was absolutely amazing. Mary was close to Jesus because he told her, woman, your sins which are many are forgiven. Go in peace. 
Go in peace. Be blessed. Isn't that wonderful that you can have resurrection in your life by going to the feet of Jesus? Amen. Her life was transformed. It was completely changed and turned around. There was no more record of her sin. There was no more record. It was wiped out. Hallelujah. Completely. Jesus said, woman, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Go in peace. Be blessed. Don't worry about what anyone else says. Hallelujah. She was absolutely blessed. She was close to the Lord. And her whole family here, Mary, Martha, Jesus would go to their house and have dinner and and speak and teach the word. Hallelujah. So this was that Mary whose brother Lazarus was sick. Verse 3, therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So they had a special line to Jesus. You know, they, they had, they, you know, I, I like that. There's some people, I've got their mobile number. I don't have to go through all the other roundabout ways of trying to get to them. I can text them directly. You know, they had a direct line to Jesus here, and they thought, He's going to come. He, he's going to come, and he's going to raise up Lazarus. So, when, verse 4, when Jesus, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So now Jesus is prophesying. He's saying, This is not going to end in death. This is going to end in the glory of God. Hallelujah. So he's speaking it. So Jesus loved Martha and his sister and his sister, her sister, and Lazarus, the three of them. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea, Judea again. Now, people have said, and I don't believe it, <laughs> people have said there's a tradition among the Jews, and maybe so, and I'm sure that's documented somewhere, that, you know, if, if a a body is dead for three days. After three days, it can't be raised from the dead. You know, um, that Jesus somehow was going to prove that he was the Son of God by waiting three days for Lazarus uh, to almost, almost decay in the grave and uh, in the cave. And, and then he was going to step into that scene of, of, of brokenness and mourning, and he was going to prove to everybody that he was the Son of God. You know, that's not the character of Jesus. He never did that. He never did that. He never performed signs to show people how wonderful, you know, he was just to, to get people to look at him. Jesus was constantly doing the will of the Father, and he was motivated by compassion. And he would not have allowed Martha and Mary to suffer one minute more than was, was going to be happening Anyway, and, um, and Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it, hear the Father say it. And I know he was instructed by the Father, wait, wait. And if you study the context of this, in the preceding chapter in John chapter 10, the Jews were trying to stone him. And I heard a great minister, Dave Roberson, speak on this. I mean, he, he was always fantastic at bringing out the context of the word. In John chapter 10, the Jews were trying to stone Jesus because he had claimed to be the Son of God. And the disciples knew this. And it literally, Jesus had conveyed himself away from them, hidden from them, and gone away from them. Now, um, though the scripture doesn't say it, I heard Dave Roberson say he believes that the Holy Spirit revealed to him these Jews knew that Jesus loved Lazarus and Martha, and Mary, 
And they would have plotted to try and take him and kill him if he had gone to the grave or, or to Lazarus at that time. But when they saw that he didn't come after three days, some of them left. That plot just dissipated. And that was when the father uh, gave Jesus release to go because the disciples were also aware of this. Look at this. Um, it says that when Jesus said, let us go to Judea in verse 7, that the disciples in verse 8 said, Rabbi, lately, see this is context, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? So the Lord was just, you know, the Father was just uh, causing Jesus to wait uh, in order to circumvent uh, these plots and these plans. So Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Jesus was saying, I'm walking according to the light. I'm being led. I'm being led. And these things he said after that to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go to wake him up. So God had the plan. I'm going to wake him up. Hallelujah. He knew the Father's plan that it was for resurrection. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he does well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, and, and they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said plainly to them, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes, not for Martha and Mary, but for your sakes, that I was not there. So Jesus knows it's going to be some show <laughs> when he does raise Lazarus from the dead. So he's not glad for Martha and Mary's sake, but he's glad for the disciples that he wasn't there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So there was a delay. And sometimes when you're believing God for something and you see delay, don't always assume it's not the will of God. Jesus had already prophesied, we're going to experience resurrection here. Lazarus is going to be raised. This is going to be for the glory of God. How many of you have ever had a promise from God? Amen? You've had a word from God. Maybe you've experienced delay. Maybe you didn't understand why there was a delay, but God has a purpose. Amen? God uh, was working his will, okay? He didn't purposely delay that. It was necessary to complete the plan of God. There were times that Jesus had to convey himself away. And if you go to the next chapter, I mean, right after this, John 11 and 12, it says, it says, after this event where he raised Lazarus from the dead, the high priest, the Pharisees all got together and they conspired, we're going to take this guy out. I mean, they were already there, but they were absolutely solidified after that. Of course, Jesus' life couldn't be taken unless he laid it down. But um, here... You, you know, you don't always understand the delay, but the will of God was clear, and the will of God is clear in your life. Don't ever be moved by delay. Don't ever be moved by it, in, you know, just by circumstance or what you see. Stand holding fast to the word and the will of God. So, praise God. Um, so, then it says in verse 16, Thomas, who's, who's called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. <laughs> this threat was so serious, they thought, we're going to die with them. <laughs> you know, we're all going to get stoned. <laughs> that, was, that was the consensus there. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. And now Bethany, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary, 
to comfort them concerning their brother. So a lot of Jews there. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Mary was hurt. Mary was disappointed. Mary didn't understand why Jesus hadn't already come. She couldn't understand why her brother Lazarus was dead. She could not understand that. Okay, and she was the one that had that intimate relationship with the Lord. And I tell you, when you've got that relationship with the Lord, you know, she was the one that was sitting at Jesus' feet hearing the word when Martha was cumbered about much serving. You remember that, when there was a lot of people over their house. Um, but Mary uh, was that one that was, was intimate with the Lord, but she really got a knock in this. She didn't understand <clears throat> but Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. And verse 21, when Martha, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They couldn't see beyond the circumstance. Martha couldn't see beyond their present circumstance. And you and I have to see beyond our current circumstance. In any situation to experience the resurrection power of God, you can't just have your eyes on the present circumstances of your life. You know, doctor's reports or, or you know, a loved one that that's, uh, you're believing God for, for their salvation or, you know, restoration for family or marriage or, or for your children to serve God. And, you know, just answers to prayer. You cannot have your eyes on what's in front of you. You have to see beyond it. And she said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, he will give you. Now that, that, was, that was that word of faith. She said, even now I believe. So she was starting to lift her eyes beyond what she had experienced, beyond her circumstance. Even now, even now, Lord, I know that whatever you ask for, it's going to be given you. And hope arose in her spirit. And she said, and, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Again, this proclamation of the will of God. Your brother is going to rise. Again, what has God promised you? Has he promised you family salvation? Has he promised you divine health? Has he promised you that you're going to be blessed in, in carrying out the will of God in the earth, you know, and, and just doing things for the Lord and, and being fruitful? For the kingdom of God, you know, he's proclaiming the will of God. Your brother will rise again. Amen? He will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Some people, again, just, they're seeing above their circumstance and their problems, but they're going all the way to the end. They're saying, I know it's going to come right when we're all in heaven, <laughs> when we all get to glory. You know, we might have suffering and sorrow and pain and tragedy, you know, here. But, you know, it'll all come right when we get to glory. Well, I'll tell you what. God wants to intervene in your life now. God wants to intervene now. Amen? He wants his miraculous power to be demonstrated in your life now. Now. Hallelujah. In your health, in your home, in your family, in your relationships. You know, and, and your prayers and standing and believing for loved ones. You know, God wants you blessed now, now, hallelujah. And he hasn't altered him, his, his will. He hasn't changed. And, and I heard someone say recently, um, they said, I stopped asking why. 
as if, as if the will of God has changed or been altered. It has never been altered. It has never changed. The Lord says, I'm the Lord. I've changed not. His word is sure. His word is steadfast. His character is the same. The Bible says he is good. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Glory to God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. He says here, he says here, your brother will rise again, okay? And then Martha says, yes, in the last day. But Jesus said to her, okay, see, she's looking beyond Jesus now to the last day. Jesus refocuses her vision. And I, I am trusting your vision will be refocused here today. Because Jesus said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, okay? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen? And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus focused her attention right back on him. Amen? Jesus had a lovely way of doing that. You know, when he was talking to the woman at the well, you know, she said, I'd, she, she was arguing with Jesus, and she said, I know that when Messiah comes, you know, he'll tell us all things. And Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. <laughs> I'm he, you know. And then with the blind man, the blind man that was blind from birth, that got healed, and then he was, he was hauled before the Sadducees and Pharisees, and they're grilling him, saying, who healed you? How did he heal you? And all this. And he said, I don't know. He said, I was blind. Now I know I see. You know, who is he who healed you and all this? And, and he got thrown out. You know, he got thrown out of the, the council there and says, Jesus came and found him and told him, you know, uh, just talked to him. And when he knew what had happened, uh, the blind man said, Lord, you know, who, who is the Messiah? Who is he that I might believe? And again, Jesus said, I that speak unto thee am he. You know, I, I, I'm him. <laughs> so I love that. So Jesus is focusing Martha's vision on him. He's the resurrection. He's the life. He that believes on him shall not perish or die, shall never die but live. So she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into this world. Praise God. And when, when Mary came, <clears throat> when Mary came, praise God, when Mary came, glory to Jesus. You know, she, she was hurting, but she was still looking to Christ. Hallelujah. And it moved Christ. The Bible says Jesus was moved within himself, really, really at the, the unbelief that, that he had done so much among them, yet they were still grappling with, with this revelation that, that absolutely anything could be done through his ministry and through his, his life. You know, that Jesus was the resurrection and the life, that nothing was impossible with him. Hallelujah. And God wants to, we, we know the end of the story here, Lazarus, Lazarus was raised up. Amen? The will of God was done. But, but the will of God occurs in your life when you look and focus on Jesus. Amen? And you aren't moved. You aren't moved by the circumstance. You know, Martha said, Lord, he stinks. <laughs> Lazarus is stinking by this chant, by this time. And, and, and Jesus said, look, he, he's going to rise again. So praise God. And, 
again, in your life, you have to focus. Focus on the Lord. God wants to do wondrous things in your life. Stop looking at the natural. Start looking to Jesus. Amen? Rome, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 says, you know, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto him. We keep our eyes upon him. There is nothing in this world that can move you, nothing that can shake you, nothing that can take away your peace, nothing that can take away your joy if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? You can have the will of God done in your life. Amen? And, and I, as I was looking at the, the definitions of, of resurrection, it means like rejuvenation, revitalization, resuscitation, regeneration. How many of you need some things like resuscitation and regeneration and revitalization in your life? You know, you need the power of God, the resurrection power of God in your life, amen, to revive some things. Amen. Raise up some things. Give new life to things. Maybe you've laid it down. Maybe you were like Mary and she just, she just said, no, no, I, I, I can't even believe anymore. What I've suffered is too great. Uh, I, I'm not going to rise. But when she heard Jesus calling her, she went. Amen. She refocused her vision on him and his power. There is nothing difficult for the Lord. You can have revitalization, resuscitation, hallelujah, in your life, amen, in your health, in, in, in your finances, in your relationships. You know, God wants to move in your life this morning, amen? Let's all just stand for a minute. Raise your hand if you want God to move in your life this morning, amen? Even if you don't know the Lord, you can experience the power of God in your life. You can experience that born-again revitalization in your spirit, that regeneration, amen? And you can experience that in every area of your life. If you're believing God for a miracle this morning, focus on Jesus, Amen. Let's focus on Jesus. We're going to say a prayer together. Focus on him. He wants to meet your need. He wants to heal your body. He wants uh, to be the one that brings your breakthrough. He wants to be the one who provides answered prayer. He wants to be the one, amen, that does a work in your life, amen, that destroys the work of the devil. Hallelujah. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. How many of you believe it? Amen. Hey, man, resurrection is everything, and Christ's resurrection power is here, and it's within you today, and it's in our midst today. So, hallelujah. If you've never known or accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, say this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. We'll all pray together. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be the one who frees me from sin so that it's never recalled again, never brought up again. It's cast as far as the east is from the west. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for being my Lord and my Savior. Thank you. I belong to you from this very day forward and forevermore. Now, Jesus... I focus my attention on you. Your will hasn't changed. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. And I want your resurrection power in every area of my life. I want you to demonstrate your power in every area, 
in my health, in my family, in my home, in my relationships, in, in your will coming to pass in my life. Lead me and guide me and show me your way. And I take hold of your revitalization, your reviving, your rebirth of visions, of dreams. I take hold of answered prayer because you are the resurrection and the life. I thank you for reviving everything in my life, all the will of God. Do your will and have your way. I receive from you right now. And this is finished for now, but I'll tell you what, before, before I finish, I just felt God saying, you know what? Some people are holding to old things of the old, you know, old things. I felt God was, was unlocking relationships, you know, like a key turning, unlocking relationships. Some of you are believing for, you know, a husband or a wife, or you're believing for restored relationships. You know, just God to restore things. It can be marriage. It, you know, it, it can just be with loved ones. I felt there was a, a key that was turning, a key that was turning, unlocking those relationships. God is going to bless you. Amen. God is going to make things happen for you, bring you into right relationship with different people. Hallelujah. Restore relationships, marriages, things in the home, things with children. Hallelujah. He turns the hearts of the children to the fathers, to the mothers, to the parents. Praise God. I also felt in businesses, God was giving new wineskins. New wineskins. I felt that specifically. New wineskins. People look at the old. What's going on before? God's giving new wineskins. New wineskins in business for blessing, for finances, for the end time kingdom, finances, end time harvest, new wineskins. Hallelujah. And I believe that God is bringing children, children back to the Lord, children back to the Lord. Amen. We can believe that they are not going to stumble and fall and be taken away by the things of this world. In the name of Jesus, it's not going to happen. Hallelujah. They're going to walk with the Lord. They're going to receive visitation. Say with me, visitation. <laughs> visitation from the Almighty. Hallelujah. And you just won't know what's happened to them. Amen. All of a sudden, they want to go to the house of God. They want to go to church. They want to pray. Amen. They want to listen and hear and read the word. Amen. Just great things. Hallelujah. God bless you. Just receive it from Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.